0: I'm Alexis. I'm Mallory. And this is
1: NeatCast. We are going to be doing San Diego Comic-Con today. We did record a different episode with all those Potterhead questions uh, already, but this came sooner than I could edit. So we are just going to release this so it's timely. Um, The news on the other one. Maybe a little bit outdated, but it will be in your internet soon. So that being said, let's just jump right on into the news.
0: It's not really news so much as an observation. Remember how we talked about how Pottermore was going to stop being like a blog editorial site? Mm-hmm. I, have, I haven't really seen that happen yet because there's still editorial stuff From a fan's perspective, when they were talking about Comic Con.
1: Yeah, in the trailer and everything.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if they just haven't implemented the changes yet or if the changes aren't really gonna be as
1: big as they implied they would be. Right, yeah, I have no idea. I can see like this film being that like cut off point. Maybe they're like building towards, no, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, so.
0: I yeah, just wondering if you had any insight on that, because I sure don't. No, ma'am. Okay. Well, pretty much the bulk of the news we have is about Fantastic Beasts, because obviously they were doing a ton of promoting for that at San Diego Comic-Con this weekend. Mm-hmm. They released a couple of new posters for the film. Um, the main one features the main four sort of in the center, and then they've got little circles around the corners with Dumbledore, Grindelwald... Credence and the Maledictus character, and then Leda and Theseus, which I just either remembered or discovered that Leda and Theseus Commander are engaged to be married. Did we know this? I did not know this. How did we miss this? Because I didn't either. What the heck? And apparently, I wrote it later down here, but apparently it's old news, like 2017 news.
1: I have no idea how we missed this. (laughs) i don't either i guess i know i have no idea how you missed this because i i've been missing a lot (laughs) of things but especially since we were talking a lot about what we knew about theseus around the time of the 2017 so it baffles me that we didn't know that little tidbit of information which makes it so much more like tense because we know that lita and newt had a thing early on
0: yeah and that also leads us to wonder is you know this sort of betrayal that we've hinted at really that she you know is evil or is working with Grindelwald or is it just that she started dating his brother <laughs> yeah that's true wow we don't know so anyway they're together in the poster um there's not a whole lot to glean from the poster because it's pretty much just the characters except there is a symbol on a wall it looks like two Gs, one of which is backwards, and then between them is what looks like the elder wand, and then you can kind of see the top of what is pretty clearly the Deathly Hallows symbol, Mm. so I'm wondering if that's like a Grindelwald's movement symbol, which I don't really know why they would come up with another symbol for him when he already has the Deathly Hallows symbol, and we know that he
1: used it because Mm -hmm. Victor Crumb talks about it at Floor and Bill's wedding. Exactly. And that's like what I associated with Grindelwald. Side note to that, I reread
0: that passage in Deathly Hallows where Crum is talking about the symbol because I wanted to double check. And he mentions to Harry that Grindelwald was never very powerful in England, probably because he was afraid of Dumbledore. So I'm wondering if they are going to stick to that in these films or if they are going to have him be involved in England just because, you know, it's a set that they want to be. Involved with with the ministry and Hogwarts, and you know, obviously with Dumbledore and everything, if they're going to kind of glance
1: past that bit
0: of canon because they've Mm -hmm. already shown that they're willing to do that.
1: Yeah, I will say from a marketing perspective, I am much more drawn towards the Hogwarts segment of the trailer we're going to be talking about than I was the rest of the trailer. But yeah, I would much prefer not to mess with canon in that way. Uh, So the
0: other poster they released is pretty simplistic, plain background with pretty much every main character we know about in this film the big old deathly hollow symbol behind them and then the big words who will change the future so Mm -hmm. i guess that's the kind of tagline they're leaning on for this that's the terrible tagline (laughs) i know i mean we will talk about it a little more when we get to the trailer
1: but yeah i mean and like i feel like everyone changes the future who's what's the are we talking, like, the future... Okay, maybe this is going too much into the trailer, but are we talking the future that he's, like, foreseeing? Who's going to change that future? I hadn't even thought of that, but that could be in it. That's the only way, way I can see this being, like, an actual smart line. Like, mm-hmm. who will change the future that he's already seen as being the case?
0: Yeah, in the trailer, they had the line, like, the fate of one will change the future of all. So, uh... I guess what they're kind of trying to get us to speculate about is like, who is the big pivotal character who's going to make some decision or do something that's going to change the way everything goes for everyone. And like you said, like, No Man is an island. This
1: story obviously involves a lot of characters and I don't know. Who is that character and why is it Newt Scamander? All right, so then there was a panel in Hall H. That's the biggest one there, right, or something? As far as I know, yeah, I have never been, but Me either. <laughs> I love this little like tidbit that Eddie Redmayne came out first and waved his wand to activate light-up bracelets that everyone in the crowd was yeah. given. So that's nice. Yeah, it's cute. that seems cute. I would have been happier with that. <laughs>
0: yeah, so Eddie Redmayne comes out, and does his little magic trick, and um, the rest of the cast. Except Johnny Depp comes out. Ezra Miller, true to form,
1: is showing up in
0: cosplay. He's dressed as Toadette. Oh my gosh.
1: I was wondering what that was because every like video I see of him is like this like there's some pink like puff on the top of his head. And I'm like, (laughs) what is he? I love him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna look this up now. Ezra Miller Toadette. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Killed it. Did he make that himself? I wouldn't oh, put it past him. My gosh, this entire outfit. Okay, you need to look this up if you haven't already, people of have, listening. Have I, I oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know you've probably seen it. Okay, so apparently the crowd booed Johnny Depp when he showed up on screen during the trailer, but then cheered for him when he came out on the stage in full Grindelwald costume. So... <laughs> Yeah,
0: and I mean, obviously I wasn't there, and I'm just gleaning all this information from reports on right. Twitter and various fan sites and news sites that are talking about it, but it's kind of telling to me that, you know, he's not there in person, and they're willing to boo him, but then he's there, and they get all excited. But, you know, it also could very probably be different people in the crowd.
1: Yeah, or it could be uh, they're booing his character, and they really don't care about the person. I don't know. That is also a valid potential there. So yeah, Johnny didn't have a part set up to be
0: like in the panel, but he did come out, you know, dressed completely as Grindelwald, costume, the hair, the makeup, the whole shebang, and did this little monologue in character about rising up and taking our rightful place in the world sounds pretty much straight from the film. Part of what he said went, uh it has been said that I hate the non-magic, the muggles, the no nomad, the can't spells, which is that going to be one of the terms? The can't spells. <laughs> it sounds like... like
1: people who are illiterate. I feel like it's true. Oh my gosh. I wonder if that's like the French term, but translated into English. Well, I thought the
0: one they were going to use for the French was just non-magique, which oh, is non-magic.
1: You're right. The can't spells. That's that's very demeaning. Do we think that he was given this little bit to do so that they could avoid having him on the panel? Like maybe he was just like he would have been insulted if he wasn't on the panel, but they're like, no, wait, we want to save you for this like really cool thing you can do.
0: You know, that from the PR nightmare. That would be a smart move on their part if that's the case.
1: I hadn't thought of that, but that's a very good point. Just to like make everyone happy and no one feel like, they don't want him to feel like he's being shunted from the press, but also they need to keep him away from the press. I would not be surprised if that ended up being the case. This is my
0: theory. I like it. Uh, So the quote continues, I do not hate them. I do not. I say the muggles are not lesser, but other. Not worthless, but of other value. Magic blooms only in rare souls. It is granted to those who live. Oh, what a world we would make for all of humanity. We who live for freedom, for truth. The moment has come to rise up and take our rightful place in the world. I I really actually like this a lot because it's giving me a bit of reassurance that the writers have the grasp on mm-hmm. Grindelwald's character that I would, hoped they would. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't sure after the first film. But now I'm feeling a little better about it and especially too after David Heyman's interview which we will talk about later he talked a little bit more about him too and I feel like of the people I've heard talk about him besides JK Rowling he's the one who has the firmest grasp on at least my interpretation of this character I freaking love Heyman
1: yeah I do like the I do not hate them I do not like that affirmation because like that's very true to his character in terms of him being kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Like he can ensnare people, right? Like even people who aren't terrible people, they can be like, oh, but he doesn't hate them. Like maybe I should hear him out. Like this isn't like just racism, for example, (laughs) like this feels very close to home now in our current climate, but using words like freedom and truth and like using these words, even though he's not using them necessarily correctly or like you know as we know it to be exactly and especially
0: that he doesn't see himself as this like evil dictator he sees himself as this benevolent yet more powerful person who since he has this higher mindset and higher ability you know it's his duty to champion the cause of his people and in doing so make the world better for everyone, including these
1: muggles who he considers to be, I don't know, other. Right. Other value. <laughs> They're not worthless. The next thing that uh, we learned that they were asked is that they were asked what they would do with magic in real life. And Zoe Kravitz said, impeach Trump. <laughs> Was this reported to a mixture of cheers and grumbles?
0: Yeah. The um, people who were talking about it said like, some people in the crowd cheer, but they could hear other people being like, don't ruin it. Uh huh. So clearly, there
1: you know, there's a mixed bag of people in the crowd. Right, right. To be expected. As Miller said, "Smash the patriarchy" because he is an angel. Later on,
0: Jude Law said that this is the darkest the Wizarding World has ever gone, referring, of course, to this movie. Which, on the one hand, I believe it because you know we've definitely seen that the first film had some pretty dark stuff, and they said they're going to go darker with this one. But also, like they said that. With every Harry Potter film from the third one onward, and I just kind of stopped listening to them after a while because yawn, yeah, it kind of stops having meaning after a while. And also, going dark just for the sake of going dark doesn't mean anything like right? Tell a good story. I don't care how dark it is,
1: yeah, very true. They kind of say that as if like, oh, because it's more meant for like adults or whatever. Like it's there for a- more meaningful story or like it's more important in some way but it's not necessarily grit for the sake of grit does not make a good story
0: does not a good story make agree and there was an interview with jude law um, a little bit before comic-con but not too far in which he talked a bit about his character and also revealed some things that jk rowling told him about playing dumbledore which i thought was interesting to read Um, From the overall interview, you kind of get a sense that there's going to be a lot of at least intended mystery around Dumbledore in the film. I don't know how much of that will actually come across as mystery since those of us who have read the books, which is going to be most people already know a lot about his background and his motivations for things. Right. But it does seem like the bulk of what we're going to be seeing of Dumbledore in this film will be set up for things that we are going to learn about him then in later films, which we've talked about that here before. Um, He talked about how he used the previous portrayals of Dumbledore to inform his performance, but that he doesn't really want it to be like he's doing an impersonation of Richard Harris or Michael Gambon. So, you know, he definitely was aware of the way they were, but he said, you know, since there is gonna be about a hundred years between this Dumbledore and the ones that we saw teaching Harry Potter, you know, that's a lot of
1: time for a character to change that's more right. time than most actual people live in total it sounds like though he does have a good grasp on what we do know from canon so
0: yeah or his impression of dumbledore he says there's a sense of humor and mischief a dash of anarchy a sense of what's right and what he believes in and a sense of mystery there's also how he comes around to get people onto his way of thinking which is rather indirectly He also has a certain heaviness about him that I don't want to reveal too much about. And that's something that he has to overcome or hopes to overcome. He's also got a great passion for sharing his knowledge. He's a powerful and inclusive teacher. Um, He said that in response to the interviewee asking, you know, what sort of things J.K. Rowling had told him about the character and, you know, what he had really gotten from that. So I think that was a pretty good summation of at least, you know, what we know of Dumbledore and what he probably would have been like this point in time Uh he said on david yates comment about dumbledore's sexuality not being shown explicitly in this film and you know the backlash resulting from that uh, that was a question i actually asked joe and she said yes he's gay but as with humans your sexuality doesn't necessarily define you he's multifaceted i suppose the question is how is dumbledore's sexuality depicted in this film what you've got to remember is the only, this is only the second Fantastic Beasts film in a series and what's brilliant about Jo's writing is how she reveals her characters, peels them to the heart over time. You're just getting to know Albus in this film and there's obviously a lot more to come. We learn a little about his past in the beginning of this film and the characters and their relationship will unfold naturally, which I'm excited to reveal, but we're not going to reveal everything all at once. So that's kind of a confirmation of what we had speculated on here when that first Mm -hmm. backlash against the interview came out. Right. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's good to hear. He also confirmed that Dumbledore is not the transfiguration teacher, quote, at this stage. What does that mean? (laughs) I don't know if that means that maybe he is just teaching defense against the dark arts for a while and becomes a transfiguration teacher later. According to like previously established canon, Professor Mary Thought is supposed to be the teacher from 1895 to 1945, which covers the span of these films. So I don't
1: know if they're going to have some explanation for that or if they're just going to be like, nope, this is what he teaches. He teaches this at one point and teaches something else later. I mean, that's, I can understand that. I wonder if something from like the end of this series will cause him to believe he's not good as a defense against the dark arts teacher anymore.
0: That would be a good workaround.
1: Right? Or like he like refuses to teach that, but like they beg him to stay at school. Yeah. It goes on to something that's less like dangerous or danger provoking. Just because I can see him holding some guilt for uh, the inevitable death that will be coming in the fifth film. Um, We also learned
0: that Dumbledore has no scenes with Grindelwald in this film. So yeah, yeah, Dudla said that he hadn't acted with Johnny Depp at all so far. Uh, he says we'll learn a little about his past at the beginning of the film. I don't know if that just refers to that little scene we saw in the trailer of him teaching about bogarts, or if there's going to be more involved stuff or if it's still going to be from that time period. But, you know, maybe talking to Newt or someone else separately from
1: the class. I don't know. That's interesting. I would have assumed that about his past it goes back to like the Ariana days. Ariana? What's her name? Yeah. Okay, yeah. oh. Oh. I was like, that's uh, Ariana Grande in my head now. <laughs> oh, jeez, now I'm like picturing Dumbledore as Ariana Grande's older brother. Okay. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would assume that his past, quote unquote, would be that past, but that does involve Grindelwald. And if he hasn't acted with him, then, oh, unless there's a different actor for Dumbledore, we don't know about That's like young, young Dumbledore, teenager Dumbledore. I hope that eventually,
0: in the span of these films, we will get to see teenage Dumbledore and get to see a bit of them, you know, writing the letters and talking about the Deathly Hallows and all that. It would only make sense, right?
1: With how many flashbacks they're doing already, I don't, I'm not going to write that one off. Yeah, I can see that happening. Especially since
0: we didn't really get that in the Harry Potter films. True. They asked about the Elder Wand, and he said yes, since he doesn't have the Elder Wand yet, he has a different wand in this film, and he says it's very reflective of him, a beautiful dark wood root with a stone on one end, and he said on his relationship with Newt, I think he admires in Newt this sense of moral code that he will always do the right thing because he can't do anything but the right thing. I think he likes that Newt finds beauty in beasts because I think occasionally Dumbledore feels like a beast. And there's a master and mentee sort of relationship. And Newt isn't afraid to say what he thinks Dumbledore is wrong. It's not servitude.
1: I like everything about this quote. That insight that Newt finds beauty and beast, and occasionally Dumbledore feels like a beast, I think is very insightful of the characters. And definitely makes me feel like there's more reason for Dumbledore to like Newt than we have previously. We have like, as of like just the previous film, it's just like, oh, Dumbledore liked you or whatever. But I'm like, I don't know why. (laughs) You know, just because he likes all the students and doesn't want anybody to, you know, like I can see him just a blanket-like of (laughs) certain students, but that kind of an insight makes me feel like there is a lot closer of a relationship than I was giving credit for. The David Heyman interview. So he talks about Grindelwald. He's quoted as saying, it's about the dangers of absolutism and fundamentalism. We see that in Grindelwald. It's a year on, he's on the brink of escaping prison and trying to unite the magically powered to crush the merely human. His means to achieving this, unlike those of Potter's Voldemort, are not just Fire and Fury. He says, for me, Grindelwald is a scarier villain. He's very persuasive. One can see the rationale in his arguments, which doesn't mean his methodology is right. So I appreciate that a lot. We yeah. I like that it's a different villain than Voldemort because Cursed Child is clearly Voldemort. I would say 2.0, but it was really a, a degrade, <laughs> like a step back. <laughs> but it was the same kind of thing, so... It's, it's refreshing to know that they do have it under control. Um, when I first like read
0: the headline of this article and they kind of pulled out the quote about David Heyman says that Grindelwald is scarier than Voldemort. And I was like, oh no, like, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. what are we going to get here? Is this going to be obnoxious? But then I read it and I was like, oh good, like it's because he understands the difference between potentially realistic villain who does use magic and everything so there's that involved but it's not quite as cartoonish as Voldemort yeah I feel like why a lot of people hated Umbridge so much more than they hated Voldemort because even though Voldemort was the bigger bad guy he was so evil and so cartoonish that he didn't feel as realistic
1: right which made him
0: less scary whereas we've all at least heard about
1: someone like Umbridge in real life Yeah. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of the way that Grindelwald feels too. So I really appreciate him saying that. I feel like you already answered my question that I had. I was going to ask, so does that mean these films are going to discredit Voldemort's how scary or big bad he is? If Grindelwald's the scary or big bad, then are we going to look back at the Harry Potter films and go like, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, Harry has no problem with this. Let's be honest, you know, but I think you're right in terms of it does seem like a little bit more of a cartoonish villain, (laughs) but it doesn't make him any less scary. I guess it just makes him different. I, I guess
0: it depends on whether you're looking at it from the perspective of a person experiencing the stories or trying to imagine what it would be like for a character within the stories. Like mm-hmm. for the people in the wizarding world, I'm sure Voldemort was just as scary as Grindelwald. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying, but for someone, you know, for us reading these stories, knowing that they're all fictional characters, I feel like Grindelwald even we haven't gotten his full story yet could have the potential to be more scary because he hits a little closer to home.
1: And he can like turn family members against one another with his ideologies. Whereas Voldemort, I think is very black and white of just like, no, my entire family hates him. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you have like nuances with like the ministry and Percy and everything. But I think generally speaking, like it's very, wow, I am a death eater or I am not. <laughs> right. But, here it's a little bit more gray area where it's just like, I mean, he's saying stuff, stuff, it makes sense, you know, and I can see that being a lot scarier in terms of like, I don't want to have to fight my own family or friends or whatever over this. So. Or like
0: David Heyman said earlier that, you know, you could see where he's coming from, but that his methodology to
1: getting there was wrong. You know, there's all sorts of different levels to which yeah. people might
0: agree or disagree with him.
1: Right. All right. So he goes on to say, on the other side, are international wizarding government's at odds and in disarray. Newt is refusing to have anything to do with the Ministry of Magic after the events of the last film. Finding Grindelwald's weak spot is going to need a new agent in the shape of Dumbledore. He and Grindelwald have a complicated romantic history, meaning Dumbledore knows him better than anyone, and how to use Newt to get close to him. An important thing to remember about Dumbledore, says Heyman, is that he's a master manipulator. He manipulated Harry. Magic can solve a lot of things, but it sometimes is no match for a bit of political maneuvering. It's interesting because we're gonna be seeing Dumbledore. We already know him to be a master manipulator. Whereas like going through Harry Potter for the first time, you don't know that until the end. So I wonder how that's gonna shape our understanding of his relationship with Newt as we see Newt maybe come to understand what he's doing to him, you know? Like mm-hmm. Newt is older than Harry from the start of this series. So I wonder if he's able to catch on a little bit earlier than Harry was.
0: Right. And especially since as we're going to the harry potter books we do see dumbledore being manipulative but it's in such a charming way and it's against characters that are so obviously either incompetent or ignorant or just plain wrong and stubborn that it's an endearing character until we see it being used later on against the characters that we hold dearest right and that's when we stop and go oh wait a second like mm-hmm he's the other side of this coin that you know although his goals and his ideals are honorable and right his methodology might not be the best mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah i really liked that interview i was so glad i came across it
1: in addition to this interview it all this article also had a new shot of newt and his briefcase which had a photo of tina in it among his sketches and notes on creatures. No. i still uh here's the thing i still like don't care about the relationship <laughs> I really like I don't
0: either I care about its potential but I mean if we didn't
1: already know that they're gonna get married mm-hmm. I would not
0: be invested
1: right yeah and I just have- hope that we hear we see more of Tina that, like we've mentioned this before after the last film but getting to know Tina and Queenie more than just orphan sisters like wait how do what do we know about them I can't even remember anymore that's how important that yeah. was in that movie <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're, they're sisters and orphans, and yeah, that's
1: that's about it. That's <laughs> the extent of our knowledge of those two main characters. Great. Cool. And then we're adding more characters to this film, so we'll see just how much we get to know about them. So this isn't really news, but I just wanted to tell you, I'm still playing the Hogwarts mystery game.
0: Yeah. I just got into my fourth year, and we start doing Care of Magical Creatures. So I met Professor Kettleburn and Charlie Weasley.
1: Yeah. I just wanted good. to
0: know. Elburn is adorable and I love him.
1: Oh my gosh, oh.
0: (laughs) He's so like eccentric and just covered in bandages and hilarious, I really like him.
1: Good, I'm glad. All right, on to the suitcase. Yay, so we have another trailer. Woohoo. pretty cool. It's like three minutes long. I did not expect that long of a trailer. Yeah, it's quite extensive. This time around, let's go scene by scene instead of jumping to our favorite things. Yes.
0: I tried to keep things relatively chronological.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you did a good job on the notes.
0: There are a couple spots where I jumped around a little bit, but overall. Good,
1: good, good. All right, so the first part of the trailer features a scene at Hogwarts where Dumbledore, now that we know he's not a Transfiguration teacher, I think it's safe to assume he is a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher in this scene is teaching young Newt and his classmates how to fight Boggarts. And it's very, very similar to the way Lupin had that scene go. Same location for the line of students, same location for the teacher, and I assume the same wardrobe, who knows? (laughs) I personally, this entire scene, just as a first off, uh, this was my favorite bit of the entire trailer, and (laughs) I don't know if that's indicative of, like, how little I care about the rest of this series going <laughs> and how much I miss being at Hogwarts, but, or is is it just because I just saw a lot of Hufflepuffs who are going to be featured as Hufflepuffs and I'm really happy about that. I don't know, but it did make me really happy and I wish we could just stay there and go to the basement common room with them. I am curious as
0: to whether the girl standing behind him um, in the sort of second shot they do there, she's kind of just staring the whole time. She isn't reacting Mm -hmm. as much as everyone else. She's a Slytherin girl. She looks kind of the same skin
1: tone as Zoe Kravitz. So I wonder if that's Lita Lestrange. Yeah, I can totally see that, especially since whenever the rest of the kids are actually reacting to things, she's literally just staring The laugh because he says, I'm afraid of working in the office. In that segment, she's just staring. That would make so sense. either they got like a really
0: weird kid to be an extra in this <laughs> movie, yeah. or we're supposed to notice that and she's an actual character.
1: How great was this little actor at being Eddie Redmayne, though?
0: Oh my gosh, spot on! But yeah, the mannerisms and the
1: way he kind of ducks his head sometimes—it was just perfect. And how about Dumbledore style bow tie and all?
0: Love it! Yay! I'm really, I'm really getting on the train here with. Him being not that I was ever you know anti, but mm-hmm. the more I'm of him playing Dumbledore, the more I'm like, yes, this is a really good choice. He's doing
1: so good. Yeah, yeah. Also, the side note: Newt's greatest fear is a dust job. We <laughs> we totally knew that. It that was a no brainer, but I still like the visualization of it. <laughs> Especially, it like reminds me a lot of that one scene in the Makusa too, as they're like walking underground, and he's with uh, Queenie. No, he was with uh, Tina at that point. Anyway, so after that, there are shots of the Wizarding Circus. Oh, but before that, there's a statue that moves. Yeah, that's cool. I really like that. We haven't seen a moving statue before, have we? Wait, were the winged boars moving? Uh, I don't remember. I don't either. I, mean, I think we got the full cool. armor in our forts, but that was only after McDonald's. Transforming them. them. Right. Yeah. So that's like in part like really cool and in part really terrifying to me to have moving statues. That's just asking for Doctor Who. (laughs) (laughs) Just expect the angels to appear at any moment, but it's fine. So we're in the circus. We see flying children in bubbles, cotton candy colors. Yeah, um, and we get the maledictus
0: girl and credence just kind of skulking around. Credence is looking at some posters. Doesn't really tell us much that we don't already know. Um, Um, We get a scene of Grindelwald being levitated up a flight of stairs in a wizarding prison, presumably a Makuza's prison, surrounded by all these cages. And, I mean, we've talked about the existence of other wizarding prisons before. And, I mean, there's no Dementors that we can see here, but
1: this still looks pretty hardcore. Those are some small, bare cages. They look like animal kennels. They really do. It does not look comfortable, and it kind of makes me sad too, because I feel like with the strictness of the uh, American government and like how quickly it took the government to be like, yeah, all right, let's just kill them. You know, the last movie. I bet there's some people in here who just have done like really petty things that are just like locked up like animals, which is kind of terrifying. Right. Like maybe they, have I don't know,
0: visited a muggle shop or something, and now they're yeah. 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 Yikes. Uh, so we get some voiceovers partly over other scenes and partly showing him actually speaking to his follower followers of Grindelwald doing similar speech like the one he did at comic-con talking about you know it's time for us to rise up and take our rightful place the way that things have been is serving us no longer blah 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 kind of gives us some insight to him either garnering followers, or at least rousing them, saying like, hey, it's time for us to
1: actually do something. There's a floating black fabric-like material,
0: and it's covering an
1: entire building.
0: Really, really intriguing. The first, like my first instinct when I saw it was like, oh, it's Credence doing his obscure thing, but it's not like that smoky stuff that Credence was. No, it's it's very fabric-like. So I would really, really, really love it if it was a leftifold but remind, remind me what those are so there are these creatures that look like a cloak basically oh. and slither along the ground and they're supposed to live in tropical climates and at night they move around and search for living creatures and basically just cover them up and smother them and then eat them and they're wow. terrifying like of all the creatures in the fantastic beasts book that was the one that like kind of captured my imagination the most in terms yeah. of being scary. Yeah. So I would really like to see it, but this looks about a 100 times bigger than I pictured it, and also it's, like, flying around in the air and is in either France or London, which is very far away from its habitat, which, you know, doesn't necessarily mean anything because, you know, Newt does have his traveling bag of creatures, and also it could be escaped from the circus or something else.
1: We don't know. Well, I paused on that scene of this little cloaky thing, not little, big cloaky thing. And you can clearly see it covering the entirety of the buildings on the right. Um, and you can actually see it covering the buildings on the left as well, in addition to the thing like flying through the center. So I feel like it's some sort of a magical cloaking. It feels to me like somebody's trying to hide something or a creature at all and it's just somebody pulling something. I really
0: wanted to be a left-fold, but I also kind of don't. Because I want them to do it right and make it
1: appropriately scary. The next scene that appears is uh, Grindelwald having a vision. It's very strange because you see Credence's head in the shot. Dumbledore says something about, you heard the rumors, Grindelwald had a vision. And we see Grindelwald
0: and Credence's head is kind of like superimposed over the shot. So does that mean that his vision involves Credence? Or is that just them throwing images together
1: in a trailer? I'm going to listen to it really fast. He had a vision that he would rise to dominance over the wizarding world. That's interesting. I feel like he's looking straight at this face, this disembodied face. So I feel like it has to be part of the scene. Side note, like right after that, you see people carrying coffins. Yeah. I thought that was Credence at first in the front, but it definitely isn't. Different facial structure. I wondered that too when I first saw it. Very weird. And is that Theseus who's like in the, it looks like some sort of a... You know,
0: I still can't tell. He's still just a nondescript white dude to me. <laughs> and there's so many scenes where I have to like pull up the official picture of me and compare and be like, is that the same dude? I can't That's the same white guy. <laughs> I can't tell. No, it could be, but I would not take my word for it. <laughs> We see Dumbledore looking into the mirror of Erised, and he sees Grindelwald standing beside him. Which really confused me, because David Yates made that statement that Dumbledore's sexuality would not be explicitly addressed in this film. But, uh, I don't know, looking into a mirror that shows the deepest and most desperate desires of your heart, and a dude seeing another dude in it. That he had a big crush on. That seems pretty gay, (laughs) (laughs) yay So I don't know, like how explicit you need things. Can that be the title? Going on here, (laughs) like it's really confused me. Oh my gosh. Unless you know, we're only seeing a small snippet in which you know it's going to continue, and Grindelwald is going to drop dead, and that's his desire. Then there's really just I mean there's no other way to interpret
1: that that's very true anything could happen after that little segment that we saw like it it could be the figure of Grindelwald talking to him and saying something he wants to hear from him like I'm sorry you know it could be an apology it could be anything but uh, yeah
0: (laughs) also was I mistaken in believing that Dumbledore's infatuation with Grindelwald pretty much ended after ariana died is I that just
1: I... me interpreting 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 things wrong or no because like grindelwald had to leave after that moment because i think dumbledore like blamed him partially and partially blamed himself but um right. i think that's the moment that it clicked where he's like this isn't good I mean, we know that that was
0: the moment that Dumbledore really woke up and realized that the cause that they had both been going for was wrong. So maybe I just interpreted that as him also not having feelings for Grindelwald anymore, because he realized that he was, you know, kind of a murdery dude. Murdery. Um, <laughs> but maybe I was, you know, lumping those two types of feelings together where I shouldn't have and he really did still have feelings for him more than I thought he did even after he realized that he was not someone he should be working with and that he was doing something that
1: needed to be stopped. Side note, what about that lady in the French Ministry of Magic or whatever? Oh my gosh, are you talking about with the cats? Yeah, those are like the least yeah realistic creatures I've seen in this entire series. Yeah, I mentioned that a couple of points down here. She's walking with these three
0: giganto black cats with these huge luminous pupilless blue eyes. They're scary looking. They got these big old fangs and claws and huge ears. They're very skeletal. They look like the thestral version of cats, basically. They also just look so fake to me, so I'm a little bit disappointed. <laughs> they do look very CGI. And I have, I do not know what they could be. Size-wise, they could potentially be Wampus cats, but in you know, other appearance wise, they're completely wrong because wampus cats are supposed to look like cougars and have yellow yeah. eyes. Yeah. I always really imagine it'd be not. fear. And the only other entry I could find in the book that could be a possibility is a measle, but again, no. very wrong appearance. So, either these are something we've never heard of before, or they're like crazy crossbreed measles. <laughs>
1: something like severely mutated. Yeah, they look kind of unnatural. Yeah. Side note her dress in this is like the exact color in my head of the dresses in The Handmaid's Tale of the Wives. So, that's what I associate <laughs> this character with scary black cat handmaid lady. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the glove pointing is the next scene. So the black glove pointing up to what we assume is Dumbledore at the top of that very important looking building. Yeah, I feel like that's the building that we should recognize, but I don't, so sorry. Well, he's definitely in, well, I say definitely, but it looks like he's in London based on the sign behind him and the telephone box behind him. So he goes up there, talks to Dumbledore. Oh, but that's a different scene. So we know that Newt will talk to Dumbledore several times on the top of several buildings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's kind of his thing, I guess. It's <laughs> kind of his <a> thing. <laughs> well, we get a voiceover then of Dumbledore talking about how muggles are not lesser. We don't know what the context of that is, but mm. it does also echo the monologue that Johnny Depp did at the panel. Mm-hmm.
1: Dumbledore takes something yeah. from his hand and says, In your shoes, I'd probably refuse too. And then leaves. Just pieces out of there. <laughs> yeah. It's very Dumbledore. And Nate's reaction to it is very like, Yes, that's so Dumbledore. I hate you, but also LOL. <laughs>
0: We see Newt, Tina, and Lita working together, dodging these moving shelves, which I assume are in the French ministry. So, does that mean Lita is not working for Grindelwald? Is she a double agent? Is it more complicated than that? Given the knowledge we now have that she's engaged to Newt's brother, I don't know,
1: I had always just kind of made the assumption that she was going to be a villain, but maybe not. Um, Side so note, there's a lot of scenes in this like graveyard area. I don't know if you've like pieced these together yet. I hadn't really paid a lot of attention to them. Okay, but it's like interspersed throughout the whole trailer. is like, I want to say sarcophagus, but I don't think that's the right word that I'm trying to find. But it looks like the entrances to a lot of like... Mausoleums? Yeah, yeah, mausoleums. But it's in a circle and it's at night and it's just like a bunch of people surrounding mm. there. And like later on, we see this bright blue fire animal creature coming for Jacob and then Tina presumably saves him and everyone fights yeah. it. And fire. there were those
0: people carrying a coffin earlier.
1: Yeah, I know. Something's happening mm. Someone's trying to get someone's trying to go Dumbledore on or not Dumbledore trying to go Voldemort on life. I don't know why. What reason would there be to visit a graveyard besides uh, raising
0: an army of inferi? Mm, that's that's kind of been did,
1: <laughs> been done in the future. Yeah, for us, not for them. Right. There's also a lot of people doing that smoky like you know how in the movies all of a sudden you could apparate their version of apparition. Smoke? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This smoke is like dust. It look makes it look like they're all just undead people just smoking around.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish they would pick a method. <laughs> like, I get wanting to play around with the visualization, but, you know, you also kind of have to have
1: some coherency here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we missing? Oh, Queenie looking distraught. You had a theory that I liked.
0: Yeah, so we don't see her with any other characters at all in any of the trailers we've seen she's always by herself and then with the combination of that and she's always looking upset or lost or distressed and then in the new poster that symbol that I assume is for Grindelwald is placed over her head I'm wondering if she is going to be at least tempted if not completely going over to Grindelwald's side I wonder if
1: she's able to read Grindelwald's emotions because she's able to empathize with him so much, she, like, gives him the benefit of the doubt or something? Yeah, it's pretty evident that
0: Grindelwald fully believes that what he's doing is right. So maybe she sees that and is able to see things from his perspective because of it. hmm don't know. Maybe he tells her a vision that he's had of the future that she thinks will make things better for her. I don't know. All this talk of someone being the one who's fate will decide the future of all. I mean, it could be anyone. it could be nude it could be Queenie, it could be Credence is a very yeah. possible candidate, or it could just be you know promotional nonsense that doesn't really have any
1: significance to the actual plot. I I feel like the scene of it raining and her kind of covering her ears a little bit and looking like really distraught, doesn't she emotionally link with Tina? Like, I wonder if it's something Tina's going through that Queenie can feel or something.
0: Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good idea because she felt it when Tina was in trouble in the Ocean of Death
1: room. Um, how about that crazy creature that uh, is approaching Newt that has some sort of a feathering? Oh my gosh. What the heck is that, Mallory? Mm-hmm hardcore intrigued. I (laughs) scoured through Fantastic
0: Beasts and Where to Find Them, trying to figure out what the heck this thing could be. The only possible thing I can think of that's actually in there is a quintiped, because the way its legs are shaped kind of resembles the drawing in there and the way they describe its clubbed feet. But also the description makes no reference of a tail, and the tail on that thing is like this very large feathery thing that you would certainly notice and also yeah you can't tell in the trailer if it actually has five legs which is you know kind of the whole point of it being a quintiped also it's huge
1: tail is a leg it's (laughs) like dragon size which is not what i figured at all very very big very scary covered in chains but very sad but i mean this book does have it listed as you know an
0: extremely dangerous creature so it's possible. Right. I don't know. I I really can't figure it out. As much as I don't think the beasts are all that relevant to the plot of these movies, they're still one of the things that I'm most interested in.
1: Okay, so then we have Lita talking to Newt. You're too good. You've never met a monster you couldn't love. I take that to mean she considers herself a monster, but I don't know. That certainly does seem that way. Yeah, I can't believe she's like engaged to Theseus.
0: <laughs> That's I hard. can't believe we missed that. It right. feels like such big news. Right. Uh, we see Grindelwald escaping, presumably, that makuza prison in a festal-drawn carriage. <laughs> With a terrible mustache. Oh, <laughs> right. Uh, this is probably going to be out of order for people listening, but in the last episode, we mentioned some people reporting on these scenes that they'd seen, and they described it as... Grindelwald riding a sleigh come on people no wonder we were confused that is a carriage come
1: on here comes Grindelwald here comes Grindelwald it works too well it's bad nightmares all right and then the last scene uh, before the last scene we see I think, the confrontation between Newt and Grindelwald. And I'm going to say that that is Theseus. Not because I actually recognize him, but because of the, it has to be him. Yeah,
0: it's got to be. I'm, I'm pretty
1: positive that's Theseus. Even just facial recognition alone, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Okay, so we're going on the record, guys. Theseus is with Newt in the scene. <laughs> and Grindelwald says,
0: I didn't write down the actual quote, but something like, do you think Dumbledore will no- mourn you? And he says Scamander. So we don't know if he's talking to Newt or ah, Theseus. So tricky. I am kind of, I have a strong feeling that Theseus is going to die in this movie. There it goes darker. Someone
1: actually dies.
0: Yep, yeah. And especially, I mean, if it's the main character's brother and someone who is in charge of the hunt for Grindelwald that would be a very strong motivator for Newt to be more involved in hunting Grindelwald both as a means of vengeance and as a necessity type thing so um, I'm just gonna throw that prediction out right now. So in other words
1: saying we don't ever have to actually learn his face because he's doomed.
0: (laughs) Maybe we should do him the dignity of knowing who he is.
1: (laughs) If it turns out think? that he's a Hufflepuff at the end of this, I'm going to be very sad at myself. Aww. I wouldn't be surprised. The character that's forgettable is another Hufflepuff. Uh, maybe he's a Gryffindor, the first forgettable Gryffindor. Um, also, there's a lady behind Grindelwald in that fire scene where he's talking to Newt, supposedly, holding a golden egg. Yeah. Do you I think say? it? I forget her name, but I think it's.
0: That same lady that's been popping up pretty much at his side all the time—that we thought was going to be someone else before we found out it was a lady. Shoot, what's her name? She's got the same last name as a
1: known Death Eater from later oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know what you're talking about though. Do we think <gasps> that they're going to steal an egg from the Triwizard Tournament in Harry's year? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what it reminded me of.
1: <laughs> But you know, it, they're it, going to run into Albus and Scorpius trying to break <laughs> the cry with a tournament in Harry's year I'm I'm not I'm not putting anything to the side at this point. Oh man. I can see You know, it feels just as likely as
0: <laughs> fireworks getting Ron and Hermione to fall in love. Oh, you know. As they're both under the lake asleep.
1: <laughs> That's still one of my favorite realizations oh, we've ever God. had. I can't believe no one else has actually made that realization either. I feel like it's not reported. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Get the word out there, people. We have truth that needs to be heard.
1: <laughs> truth you will not find anywhere else, just from our brains.
0: So they're standing, there's some eagly raveny types, statues, some people in the background. They kind of look like they're in an amphitheater. There's blue flames. Oh, it's so quick. Come back, lady. Yeah, what is she holding? Got kind of a golden glow to it. I don't think it's a Travis return <laughs> golden egg. <laughs> Call me crazy. When I first saw it, because of the glue, the glue, the blue glow of everything,
1: uh-huh. it reminded
0: me of Order of the Phoenix and I wondered if it was a prophecy.
1: Mm. Especially
0: since Mr. Grindelwald is Mr. Having Visions. Nah, it's gold. And it looks a little bit
1: oblong too. I could see the like truth acts. Uh, using Newt's love for animals like, like pitting that against his brother and like choose one but I think he would choose his brother still <laughs> yeah. I don't know um, here's an A so all this blue fire this is the same kind of fire that we saw in that like mausoleum thing just so you know and also in all of the logos is like this bluish fire so it's probably significant so Grindelwald is a firebender <laughs> Of the Electric Yeah, he's a Zula. Okay, sorry. I am just derailing as hardcore today. <laughs> you know what? We deserve it. This
0: is, there is enough ridiculousness in here. We deserve to make fun of it.
1: Who do you think is holding the Elder Wand at 240? Is that
0: Grindelwald? I assume it's Grindelwald because as far as we know, Dumbledore doesn't get it until their
1: final duel years, years later. I can't tell that hand. it, it It's white. That's all I know. Anyway, okay, Grindelwald has the other Well, one. they show the Thestrals flying
0: and everything, and then they show the hand holding it, and it looks like that hand is up in the air over a city. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Grindelwald. Mm. Uh,
1: yeah, and, and it's raining in the cestral scene. Yep, okay, I can see that. Him being like, yo, this is how I got out at the coolest ones. Anyway. <laughs> and the final scene, Jacob Kowalski, take us home. See. So Jacob and get to meet nicholas flamel and we finally
0: get to see nicholas flamel and he's old and fragile looking and jacob accidentally smashes his hand when he goes to shake it (laughs) and yeah don't really learn much else except that he's very very old dude and as we already knew he's an alchemist and immortal
1: yep oh saul saul knew it he saw it coming Saul. man he's good i thought I actually pictured Nicholas Lamella as more fragile than he is. Like, I I, I picture his appearance to be as fragile as he acts. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Anyway, I haven't seen, like, half of his actual acting, though, so I really can't say anything about his performance, so, yeah. I wonder what the guy that they got to play him actually
0: looks like and how much of his appearance is prosthetics, and that's why it looks a little off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that.
0: We don't really know what the effects of the Philosopher's Stone are on people's physical appearance as far as aging. So True. It true. just makes them a little funny looking. All right. I think that's all. Yeah. I think we covered it. Well, let's move on to the remember all. When I was looking through the Fantastic Beasts book, trying to identify creatures in the trailer, I came across the little graffiti that Ron did in the puff skiing section and was just kind of restruck by it. So Ron says he used to have a puff skein or at least that the Weasley family had one. And here mm-hmm. asks what happened to it, and Ron says that Fred used it for bludger practice. What? <laughs> I mean, not to speak ill of the dead or anything, but what the cuss, Fred? <laughs> what kind of mark? He was the family
1: pet as bludger practice. That is sad. Hopefully it he died. Like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess it died. I was going to say, hopefully he, like, did a spell to make it not hurt, get hurt. But if that's what happened I mean, to it, then we're led to believe that. It kind of implies that. What a grisly way to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next time on Newcast. We are going to be discussing various takes on Hogwarts Houses, um, how sorting happens, and how the fandom's perception of the the houses have changed over the years. I'm very excited about that episode. House, the houses are like one of my favorite parts of the you
0: Harry Potter You all Falls. know you've been just dying to hand Alexis the reins, say the word Hufflepuff, and let her
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Well... Thank you guys for listening. Pass us. We'll see you, see you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.